Our loving Father in heaven, glory, praise, honor, and adoration be unto your name for making us to be partakers of life once again. Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for your watch care over us. In our going out and coming in, you protect us. While we sleep, we know that there are dangers lurking around and you are the one who keeps us safe and gives us good health. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord. This morning, we ask that you would bless us again with the spiritual blessings, with true life, which is your word. Lord, grant us of your spirit and impress your words in our hearts. You have said that you do not delight in the death of the wicked. Should we be in wickedness, Lord, please fulfill your word and bring us to righteousness through your word this morning. Put your words in our mouths that we may speak blessings to all who would listen to us. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling February 1 Let Jesus lead. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John chapter 14 verse 6 Oh, that we who are pilgrims and strangers in this foreign country might comprehend Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. He says, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The path he has marked out is so plain and distinct that the veriest sinner, loaded with guilt, need not miss his way. Not one trembling seeker need fail of finding the true path and walking in pure and holy light, for Jesus leads the way. The path is so narrow, so holy, that sin cannot be tolerated therein. Yet, access to the path has been made for all, and not one desponding doubting, trembling soul needs to say, God cares not for me. Every soul is precious in his sight. When Satan was triumphing as the prince of the world, when he claimed the world as his kingdom, when we were all marred and corrupted with sin, God sent his messenger from heaven even his only begotten Son, to proclaim to all the inhabitants of the world, I have found a ransom, I have made a way of escape for all the perishing, I have your emancipation papers provided for you, sealed by the Lord of heaven and earth. It is not because there is any flaw in the title which has been purchased for you that you do not accept it. It is not because the mercy, the grace, the love of the Father and the Son is not ample and has not been freely bestowed that you do not rejoice in pardoning love. If you are lost, it will be because you will not come unto Christ that you might have life. 
God waits to bestow the blessing of forgiveness of sins, of pardon for iniquity, of the gift of righteousness upon all who will believe in his love and accept of his salvation. Christ is ready to say to the repenting sinner, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 4 to 7 Christ is the connecting link between God and man. The blood of Jesus Christ is the eloquent plea that speaks in behalf of sinners. Amen. The title of our devotion is Let Jesus Lead. And in this devotion, God would have us understand that He loves us. And though we are sinful, polluted, and impure, He doesn't despise us, He doesn't hate us, He doesn't turn away from us. Rather, he loves us greatly and is seeking to save us from our sins, to purify us from all iniquity and to cleanse us from all sin. There is a tendency for us to, like Adam, feel that we are so guilty and so dirty that all God has for us is hatred and punishment. But like it says here, the path that God has marked out is so plain and distinct that the veriest sinner loaded with guilt need not miss his way. Not one trembling seeker need fail of finding the true path and of walking in pure and holy light for Jesus leads the way. Jesus is not staying somewhere so offended, so angry that he so despises us that he doesn't want to lead us into purity. You see, Jesus is concerned not with, not as much as just to make us feel guilty. He knows when we are already feeling the guilt that comes from our sins. And what he wants to do is to lead us to the way of righteousness. What he is saying to us is, Come unto me, I will show you the path to purity. And that's why he says here, that not one trembling seeker need fail of finding the true path and walking in pure and holy light for Jesus leads the way. We cannot be confused as to this point because of the cross. You don't need to be confused as to whether Jesus loves you and whether he wants to save you or whether he's interested in cleansing you from your sins. Calvary tells us he loves us. Calvary tells us that he wants to lead us into the way of purity and holiness. Calvary is the evidence that Jesus does not condemn us. If we are condemned, it is because we are condemned already. We must understand that the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And that's why Jesus said in John chapter 3 reading from verse 17 18 he says that the son of man god did not send the son to condemn us because we are condemned already 
the reason Jesus came is to save us. He has no issue in condemning us. We condemn ourselves. We are the ones who bring condemnation upon ourselves, not God, not Jesus. The only reason Jesus came is to save. It is only when we refuse Jesus that we remain condemned, not that he then condemns us. Because we are condemned already, he doesn't condemn us after we reject him. It is we who remain in our condemned state. Perhaps I should just read that passage so that it will be clear. John chapter 3, I'll be reading from verse 17. It says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. I'll break that down. Here is our condemnation. It is not even in the past condemnation that we have in our sins. Our true condemnation comes when after we realize that we are in iniquity and impurity and sin then light comes an opportunity comes to come out of that condemnation an opportunity comes to come out of impurity into purity come out of sin into righteousness and then you refuse it that is the condemnation do you understand that that even your past sin is not even what god is going to hold against you what god holds against anyone is not because you are iniquitous but that he provided a way for us to come out of our iniquities for us to come out of our condemnation for us to come out of sin into righteousness purity and holiness and yet we turn away from that opportunity that is what makes us condemned imagine that see how loving god is we're actually supposed to be condemned by our sins but he passes by that and say okay i won't condemn you for that i give you light i give you jesus my son that you may believe on him and if you believe on him you come out of your condemnation but then we then say no i want to remain in my condemnation that is our condemnation choosing to remain in condemnation choosing to remain in sin is our condemnation to make it clearer concerning what condemnation is i just want to use this illustration so god comes to us in darkness remember john 3 verse 17 that says that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned because he believeth not in the name of the only begotten son of God it says here and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone that doeth evil hated the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. So, the illustration is this. God comes to us. We are in darkness and we are walking in darkness. And he says, why are you walking in darkness? Don't you want to walk in light? And we say, oh, the reason I'm walking in darkness is because there is no light. So, that's why I'm walking in darkness. And then he brings light and shines where we are. Now, as soon as the light comes, we run away into darkness again. What does that show? The reason we were walking in darkness is not because there was no light, but because we loved the darkness. Because when light came, instead of rejoicing in the light and saying, hey, 
man good now i can walk in the light we run away from the light into darkness do you understand now when your sins are being delineated by the word of god when the path has been shown to you the narrow way and you refuse to still walk in it then god says to you why are you not walking in this narrow way and you say because i don't have strength to walk in it and then he says okay here is strength take and then you say no i don't want it what does that show it's not because you don't have strength that you are not walking in the narrow way it is because you love where you are and anybody who will not be saved that's exactly what god is saying it's not because of the fact that you found yourself in sin or because of Adam's sin, or because of heredity, or all of that. It's not because of that. It is only going to be because we love the sin, because God has made ample provision. He can supply the power, He can supply the strength, everything you need, the way of escape. He can bring it to everyone, no matter the sin. So if we are lost, like we read in the devotion, it's not because the title is not efficient, but because we love sin. But God has brought out a way for us. And that is through his son, Jesus. And you cannot doubt whether he loves us because he didn't just bring, pay money to save us. That would have been easy. He gave his life. He gave his life. So if someone gives their life for you, can you be in doubt as to whether that person loves you or not? Of course you shouldn't be in doubt. Romans 8.32 tells us, He that spared not his own son, but gave him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Think about it. Contemplate on it. If someone has given to you the best gift that he has, why would you think that this person does not love you? God loves us. And he wants us to understand that let Jesus lead the way. Let him explain to you who he is. Stop thinking for him. Let him explain himself to us. Ezekiel 18, I'll be reading from verse 21 to 23, so yeah, you can understand the love of God. He says, But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he has committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. All his transgressions that he has committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. In his righteousness that he has done, he shall live. And then God asks a question which you need to understand. He says, Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? Said the Lord God, And not that he should return from his ways and live? Say unto them, Listen, you who are listening now, God says that I should say to you, As I live, said the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? In Isaiah chapter 43, reading verse 25 and 26, God again says, oh sorry, I, the place I read before was Ezekiel 18 verse 21 and 22, and also Ezekiel 33 verse 11 Ezekiel 33:11 Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25 and 26 says I even I am he that blotted out thy transgressions for mine own sake 
and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Do you see how much God is pleading for us to be saved? For your own sake, for something that is good for me and for you. He is pleading. Not that it is for his sake, for your sake. He's saying, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. He wants to blot out our transgressions and he says he will not remember our sins. But it is now left for us because the way to accept that is by walking in that narrow path. The path is so narrow, so holy that sin cannot be tolerated therein. But he doesn't restrict anyone. He opens it for all. Access is made for everybody, no matter how guilty you are, no matter how sinful, no matter how terrible your sins have been, Jesus' blood is able to wash you from your sins. No one should ever cherish the thought that their sins cannot be blotted out. The only sin that cannot be blotted out is this one that I just read now, which is in John 3 verse 18. Our condemnation is when light comes and you reject it. The only sin that will not be pardoned is when you reject to walk in that narrow way and choose to remain in your sins. That is what we call sin against the Holy Spirit. When God is pleading with you, telling you this thing is wrong, change, and you say, no, I will not change. I will continue to do what I am doing. And you despise the Spirit. That is when you will not be forgiven. But it is not because of the nature of the sin. Any sin can qualify. When you, when you persistently refuse the pleading voice of the Holy Spirit concerning any sin, it may be lying, it may be something you consider as a small thing. King Saul was told to go and kill the Amalekites, including the king. He altered the, informa- the, the direction and did what he liked. By doing that, he sinned against the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from him. And that was the end for King Saul. It is not the nature of the sin. It is actually what we do in despising the word of God that brings us into condemnation. And today God is telling us that he loves us and he's opening the way to purity for every one of us, not for a select few. No matter how deep your sin has been, no matter how gruesome, no matter how terrible, no matter how it makes the ear to tingle, no matter how deep, is it killing, adultery, is it homosexuality, is it abortion, whatever you think it is, no matter how cruel your heart has been towards your fellow man, God opens the door for you. Come in, walk in. He says, I don't, I will not even remember your sins anymore. He says, I will not mention them unto you. Just turn from your evil ways. And that's why we are told it is not because there is any flaw in the title, which is the Jesus that was crucified for us. That is the title. There is no flaw in him. It's not because there was any flaw in the title which has been purchased for you that you do not accept it. It is not because the mercy, the grace, the love of the Father and the Son is not ample and has not been freely bestowed that you do not rejoice in pardoning love. If we are lost, it will be because we will not come unto Christ that we might have life. Exactly what we read in John 3 verse 18. If we are lost, it is not because our sin is too great. It is not because the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse us. It is not because the title used to purchase us is ineffective. But it is because we choose to remain in our sins. 
Nevertheless, God has opened the way for you and for me. So what is your sin today? What is it that you are struggling with? What is the sin that you think you have committed and that it's too great? Today learn that there is no sin too great for Jesus to cleanse. He wants to bestow his blessing of forgiveness of sins, of pardon for iniquity, of the gift of righteousness upon all who will believe in his love and accept of his salvation. He is ready to say to you and me, who are repenting sinners, he is ready to say to us, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. Since Jesus is ready to do all these things, truly, it is not because he cannot save that we will not be saved. It will only be because we love sin. But why should we love something that is destroying us? So God is pleading with us today. Come out of your sins. Pleading with me too. Make amends. He is not condemning us. He doesn't have pleasure in our death. That's why he has opened that narrow path that we can walk in it so that everyone can be saved. No matter how deep the sin has been, no matter how corrupted we are, God has sent his messenger from heaven, which is his only begotten son, to proclaim to all of us, I have found a ransom. I have made a way of escape for all the perishing, perishing in sin. I have your emancipation papers provided for you, sealed by the Lord of heaven and earth. Will you receive your emancipation papers? The answer is left with you. I cannot answer for you. I can only answer for myself. You have to walk that narrow path. And that is why people do not want to accept the emancipation papers. Because these emancipation papers and the way that has been opened for us demands self-denial. It means that we must drop every sin. And this is the reason why many will not be saved. Because they loved not the truth that they might be saved. That's what we are told in Second Thessalonians, reading from chapter 2. That those who will be damned is because they do not love the truth. Do you love sin? Do you love the pleasures of this world? Perhaps you find yourself in that situation. Then I tell you, you need to pray. I was once there. You don't start to love righteousness. You have to move by faith. You may love sin. Don't wait till you till you love righteousness. There was a devotion we did this January that was titled The Higher Standard. And in that devotion, we are made to understand that if we are waiting for the day when desire for righteousness comes before we do righteousness, then we will never meet up to the higher standard. The only way to rise up and walk in this narrow path is by self-denial. You don't need to love it. You need to deny yourself first of that your pleasure, of that sin. Walk in that narrow path. At first, it will certainly be painful for you because you love sin. Then move by faith. Don't move by sight. Don't move by your feeling. Oh, I don't enjoy this hymn. I don't enjoy studying the Bible. I don't enjoy praying. I don't enjoy the activities of God. You don't have to enjoy it first. That is why it is called self denial you are doing something you don't enjoy if not it's not called self-denial that's why jesus said whosoever will come after me first thing you must do deny yourself it is never going to come out of pleasure at first you must sing those godly songs even though you don't love them pray even though you don't feel like go to services and bible studies even though you don't enjoy it deny yourself of the things that you enjoy which you know are sinful 
and after some time you will find out that you will love the things god loves and hate the things he hates don't wait till you love to do righteousness remember the reason i'm saying this is people are going to be lost because they love sin and they don't want to stop doing that thing they love you must come out of that situation and start to do something you don't love which is righteousness deny yourself walk that narrow path and drop all the sins so that you can walk in the path of purity and holiness this is the only way we'll be saved if we are lost it is because we choose not to deny self and we choose to walk in pleasures of this world may god give us the grace to practice this self-denial that would allow us to follow in that path that jesus is leading that path where we need to drop all our sin and all our iniquity let jesus lead the way in your life today in jesus name amen A song says, Power in the Blood. That's the title of the song. And it says, Would you be free from the burden of sin? There is power in the blood. Would you over evil or victory win? There is power in the blood. It moves on to talk about, Would you be free from your passion and pride? Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? Would you live daily His praises to sing? There is power in the blood. I believe that Jesus understood there is no power in us to do righteousness. There is no will in us. There is no desire in us that he braced himself and went through the thick and thin of discouragement that Satan brought on his way for our sake he understood that there is no strength in us Paul will say that the good I desire to do I do not find myself doing it and he cried oh wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from this body of death? And he said, I thank God. I thank God for Christ Jesus. You see, the difficulty we experience in coming to Christ, he has breached it by his blood. He has paid for it through the sacrifice. He understands that after the sermon is said that you and I do not have the power. Paul would say in the book of First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter, sorry, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse nine. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I. Rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You and I will always feel our weakness, and it is good. But God wants us to exchange it with his strength and with his power. Paul said, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That's God's strength in him. That's what God said to him, my strength, that is God's strength, is made perfect in our weakness. So God wants us to exchange our sins with his power. 
he wants us to exchange our weaknesses with his own strength like has been said before we don't have any excuse the power in christ is ample it's enough in that same text i read he said my grace is sufficient sufficient means it's just enough to meet our needs do you need courage do you need firmness do you need tenderness do you need sympathy do you need confidence in christ jesus said that his grace is sufficient so we don't have any reason to be despondent to be discouraged to be uh, weeping unnecessarily we don't have any reason for that because the may the way has been laid before us jesus has traveled that way to make it possible there is no amount of sin there is no um, difficulty which we are facing that calvary has not taken care of there is none there is no no matter how intricate it is jesus himself has walked that way and wants to help us and he can help us in the book of jeremiah there's there's a jeremiah 31 verse 15 the bible said talking about a voice being heard in rama lamentation and bitter weeping rahel weeping for her children refused to be comforted for her children because they were not and i can symbolize this with weeping for our sins sometimes you we weep and we are discouraged by the efforts we have made in previous in, in times past that are not yielding any fruit well the truth is the weeping reveals to us our weaknesses god wants us to now turn into himself no confidence in ourselves when i was i was quoting before in jeremiah 31 verse 16 it continues thus said the lord refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears for thy work shall be rewarded said the lord and they shall come again from the land of the enemy and there is hope in thine end said the lord that thy children shall come again to their own border surely after that i was stoned, i repented and after that I was instructed, I smote upon my tie. I was ashamed, yea, even confounded, because I did bear the reproach of my youth. So our experiences in the past are working for us unto self-denunciation, unto self-denial um, de- uh, de- or, or denunciation, yes renouncing confidence in ourselves that's why all our past experiences our failures trying to help us not to have confidence in ourselves then and then to look unto christ remember there is power in the blood the power is not in you it's not in me and as we come to christ in our tears come to him weeping the promise is that he will redeem us from our sins he will redeem us from the power of sin and give us victory over every evil so may we not remain in our weeping days may we remain we may rather transit to the joy of knowing christ which comes when we commit ourselves when we confess ourselves our sins to him and release ourselves from our uh, release ourselves from our past and trust in his strength for the future 
May God bless us to this end. Amen. God waits to bestow the blessings of forgiveness, of sins, of pardon for iniquity, and of the gift of righteousness upon all who will believe in Him, who will believe in His love, and accept of His salvation. Christ is ready to say to the repentant sinner, Behold, I have caused thy iniquity to pass from thee. In my own experience, there are things that tend, that they obstruct me, they block me from receiving or tending to behold Christ. In Ministry of Healing 241, some of the things are listed there. Remorse, guilt, distrust. They all tend to break down the life forces and to invite decay and death. When I think about the things I've done in the past, when I think about human relations, how I trust people and then they show distrust. So I will transfer my experience to my walk with Christ when He says He loves me. I do not trust those words because of the relations, uh, relationships that I had in the past. But this is a different relationship. What Christ is offering us is far beyond what we have ever seen any human do. Far beyond all earthly ties. God's love for man is beyond our imagination. You see, how one gains freedom from guilt? How do I get out of this guiltiness? Even though he says he has forgiven me, I am still feeling guilty. The guilt troubles me, my remorse, the regret. So this feeling of guiltiness must be laid at the foot of the cross of Calvary. The sense of sinfulness has poisoned the springs of life and true happiness. Now Jesus says, lay it all on me. I will take your sin, I will give you peace. Destroy no longer your self-respect, for I have bought you with the price of my own blood. Your mind, your weakened will, I will strengthen. Your remorse for sin I will remove. Then turn your grateful heart, trembling with uncertainty, and lay all, lay hold upon the hope set before you. God accepts your broken contrite heart. He offers you free pardon. He offers to adopt you into his family with his grace to help your weakness. And the dear Jesus will lead you on step by step if you will only put your hand in his hand and let him guide you. Jesus speaks pardon but the opposite is Satan seeks to draw our minds away from the mighty helper to lead us to ponder over our degeneration of soul. But Jesus, but though Jesus sees the guilt of the past, he speaks pardon, and we should not dishonor him by doubting his love. His love frees from guilt. The love which Christ diffuses through the whole being is vitalizing. Every vital part the brain, the heart, the nerves, it touches with healing. By it, the highest energies of the being are aroused to activity. 
it frees the soul from the guilt and sorrow, the anxiety and care that crush the life forces. With it come serenity and composure. It implants in the soul joy that nothing earthly can destroy. Joy in the Holy Spirit, health-giving, life-giving joy. If you feel yourself to be the greatest sinner, Christ is just what you need, the greatest Savior. Lift up your head and look away from yourself, away from your sin to the uplifted Savior, away from the poisonous venomous bite of the serpent to the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. Dear Father, we thank you for the privilege of the gift of Christ. For we who were once in darkness, without hope, without any joy of a better life, but through Christ, we believe and we have seen that there is hope, there is life. But we ask, dear Lord, that you help us each and every one of us, that as the light shineth, may we run towards the light and not turn away to darkness. Give us the zeal, give us the strength to remain in the path of light. For we know the, the, the world, with its busyness, with its allurement, turns us to push us towards the darkness and deceive us that there is much to enjoy in darkness. But in reality, the darkness will bring shame, will bring remorse, will bring guilt. So help us, dear Father, that we may see the truth in light itself, that we may see that in light there is a lot that even the human eyes cannot see. As we Christians, all of us, we know we are all sinners. We are not worthy to come before you. But as you have promised us in your word that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In this we have hope that no matter the depth of sins we are falling to, that if we confess, you will accept us and make us whole again. Thank you, Father, for this promise. And with this we believe that our prayers will be heard from above. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.